What up, party people? It's your host, Lanson Schmidt, coming to you live with episode six of the What's Your Story podcast. We are gliding through this first season now, six episode already. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we got a good one for you today. I had the honor and the privilege and the opportunity to interview a dear friend of mine, David Wagdahl. David and I go back a couple years now. And the title of this episode is From an Army Brat to a New City a story of taking a leap of faith. You will hear all about how David took a leap of faith. You'll hear about the many leaps of faith actually that he's taken in his life, the journey and the story of him growing up as an army brat. He traveled to a lot of different countries, a lot of different cities, had to make a lot of different friends quickly. And we actually covered the pandemic as well and the response to the pandemic with COVID, many varieties of topics, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs on this one for sure. Thank you so much for listening, though. Thank you for your support. If you do like this podcast, go give us a follow on Instagram at What's Your Story 2022. Go like us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. Would be greatly appreciated. But without further ado, this is the story of David Wagdalt. All right, everyone. Welcome. What's Your Story, a.k.a. the best hour of your life. I'm sitting across from a beast, David Wagdalt. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lanson. Such a privilege to be here. You know, Lanson, before you go on, I want to tell you an interesting fact that I think we share. Um, your last name is Schmidt, and my great-grandfather's last name was Schmidt. So I feel like while I'm confident we're brothers in Christ, we might be long-lost brothers after all. Um, <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. I've known you for a while and we've never had that connection. I know. I, I asked my I asked my dad. I wanted to confirm it before, you know, I got you excited because, you know, we, we may be related. If you do Ancestry DNA, we can compare, compare our DNA strands um, or our DNA charts. Would you rather? None of us majored in science. We did sales. Uh, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, David Schmidt, it's got to be somewhere along in the lineage or, or timeline. For sure. David Schmidt. Wagdalt's a pretty German last name. What will be crazy is if maybe we can figure it out during this next podcast here in this episode and figure out maybe there's a lineage or history while you share your story of maybe, maybe we are related somehow. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe my story is similar to your story. We'll see. Sorry to tell. We'll yeah. see. Well, David, one thing's for sure. I'm pumped to have you on. I'm excited you're here. Welcome to the show. And I would love to just start by asking you, who is David Wagdalt? You know, Lanson, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in a job interview, but in a good way. Um, who is David Wagdalt? You know, I'm, I'm a loyal listener, and I feel like a lot of people always answer by saying this is a loaded question. So I'm going to also say this is a loaded question. But when I think about who David Wagdalt, David Wagdalt is, is many things. Um, David Wagdalt is the son of a colonel in the military. My dad uh, was an army colonel. And throughout my life, I grew up living in many different places, um, both in the United States, but also overseas. Um, When I was two years old, my father became a foreign area officer in the military, which meant that he was stationed and worked at American embassies. Um, And I really grew up living overseas in different countries, uh, specifically in Latin America, because he decided to specialize in Latin America for the military. Um, so I grew up different countries overseas. So I was about 15. At the age of 15, I um, moved to Miami, Florida for my dad's last post before retirement. 
And then when he retired, uh, we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I know you've you visited, Lanson. Am I right? I've been to Tulsa, Oklahoma before, one of the more forgettable cities I've ever been to. I know. I don't I don't want to I don't want to diss Tulsa too, too bad. I wasn't the, the biggest fan in case any of your listeners have family there. We'll get into it for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a great place to raise a family, but I, I never thought my life was going to end up there. So wound up there, finished high school there then went away to college. And now I live in Washington, DC, have a full-time job and trying to figure out this uh, journey that is life. It's, uh, there, there, there's no cheat sheet or blueprint. You know, I, there's no spark notes. I can't quizlet my way through this like I could some things in college. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I figure, figure life out and, you know, like just take it day by day. Hey, likewise, brother, I'm right there with you. And that's what the exciting thing about life is, is we don't know what the future holds and we get to just live it out day by day and uh, figure, figure it out for ourselves and, and learn. And that's why, you know, I, I love this podcast as well. We can, we can learn from ourselves and learn from others. And I'm sure I'll learn from you at some point today and so will the listeners as well. But I want to start, I mean, obviously a lot to, a lot to unpack with your childhood, your upbringing sounds like you've traveled a lot of places. Um, you know, been, been a lot of spots in terms of overseas and living. What was your childhood like in terms of, of moving? Was that hard for you or was it easy or was it a challenge having to make friends and, and just moving all the time? And maybe a follow-up question with that as well. What was some of the most immediate memories of those first years of your life? So when I think about my childhood, I think everyone likes to say how the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, for me specifically, um, I grew up you know, living in all these exotic countries that many people that I tell my story are like, wow, David, that's such a cool experience. I want to hear all about this. And while there were, you know, definitely a lot of pros that came with this upbringing, um, there were a couple cons in the sense, like I didn't grow up with the same group of people and saw them, you know, from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. I didn't live in the same house my entire life. And I felt like I constantly had to say goodbye to friends. And I was always the new kid. Um, with that said, um, being a army child, a lot of the time the schools that I went to were very, you know, used to having new students both coming and leaving. So sometimes it made it a little bit easier, but I think the biggest culture shock to me was when I moved to Oklahoma, which was, you know, a whole experience in itself. I, you know, was experienced culture shock in a different way in the sense where I was so used to going to school overseas and having to, you know, speak both English and Spanish, you know, at home. And then I go to Oklahoma where everybody has grown up with each other and it was just uh, a whole different experience in itself. When I think about my childhood, um, there's a couple special memories that I think um, come to mind. You know, I was able to travel and see cool places. Um, you know, in middle school, I remember I was able to go skiing. And the first time I went skiing was actually in the mountains of Chile. It wasn't in Colorado, like I'm sure a lot of your viewers have been to. So that's a special memory in my heart. But also just, you know, just all, all the friendships that I made along the way. A lot of the kids that I became friends with were sons of military, you know, people or sons of diplomats. And I feel like just building those connections, it's really um, had a positive impact on my life. And even as an adult, you know, when I look at my social media, both Instagram and Facebook, I have friends, not just in one particular city or state, but different places around the world. And I think that that's beautiful. And 
the fortunate part is I went to school uh, in a very international city. I went to college in Miami, Florida. So by coincidence, I have all these reunions with people that I knew overseas. And now I live in DC, which is the capital of the United States, but also another international city. So I have all these reunions and it's always nice to have these reunions with people that I grew up and knew when I was little. And then all of a sudden like, wow, like we're adults, let's catch up on your life. Um, so yeah, those are some of the positive aspects of my childhood and yeah that's my childhood kind of in a and then put together if you if you will I love it I love it that's that's a great summary and what do they call it? they call it army brats right yeah so actually I feel like I'm you know reciting my college essay that's what I wrote about in my college essay being an army brat moving around I think you know hey you know capitalize on that because it got it got me into school that's that, that's what I'll say uh, but yeah army brat is the term for us well there you go I'm sure we maybe have a couple army brats listening right now, which is cool. But um, that's awesome, dude. What, I mean, moving around a lot, that's, that's got to be tough. I'm sure there are some listeners who can relate to your story that way. What would you say constantly having to make new friends, you know, going different places, different cultures, different backgrounds, having to constantly make new friends, put yourself out there and just hear from di different people of different backgrounds. Um, what do you, what do you think that taught you as you, you know, or a grown adult now since college, graduating in your job? What do you think constantly having to make friends growing up and new friends? What do you think that taught you now? I feel like as an adult, um, you know, Lanson, as you know, you came to visit me recently in Washington, D.C. We had a great time. And I feel like a lot of the time people don't have that first leap of faith where they go on their own until they go off to college or until they finish college and they go into the adult world. I think for me, because I was so accustomed to having to make new friends and constantly put myself out there, this sort of leap of faith that I took moving to a new city and starting a new job, while it did have its challenges, um, it really taught me how to adapt quickly. You know, I came to DC and I was like, you know what, I need to make friends. Um, I've never been someone who's shy. I'm very extroverted. Um, if any of your followers follow me on Instagram, they'll know I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a clown on that app. But, um, you know, it's really taught me how to put myself out there, how to talk to people, how to be confident, um, and just how to um, adapt quickly to a new environment. I think that's the most positive impact that my upbringing has had on me. I know how to, how to do those things, which to some people can come as more of a challenge. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Was there a moment specifically that you can recall that was like a true breakthrough, like in your life in terms of making connections or relationships um, you, you know, kind of, you understand the question I'm getting at there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I think about a breakthrough in my life, when it comes to making connections and friendships, I would say it, it would have to be moving here to DC. Um, I kind of came here on a leap of faith. Uh, but I was like, you know, David, you don't, you don't know anyone. You need to do anything you can to build a community here. So the first thing that I thought of was David, you know, we all want muscles you want muscles too, like, you know, you want to impress people, but you also want to impress yourself. Let's go to the gym. So I joined a kind of like a CrossFit gym here. It's called Soldier Fit, which also was nice because it was kind of like military inspired workouts. So it tied my like military background with my, you know, unbeknownst to me then my love of working out because it was this was whole new to me. I really didn't work out at all before I moved here, but I moved here and I made a community that way. And then, uh, the next thing I did was I was like, you know what, David, you need to put yourself out there in more ways and find a community in other places. So I decided to join a church. Um, 
I joined a church here. I, you know, became active in the Bible study. I became active in the young adults group. And it's really had a positive impact on my life. And then in addition to that, you know, with colleagues at work, I feel like I'm the first one to introduce myself and say, hey, I'm David, it's nice to meet you. And then from there we build relationships. And I feel like that breakthrough in itself, knowing like, hey, I um, moved across the country completely by myself, um, knew absolutely no one here six months ago. And now I have a community of people that I can say are confidently my closest friends and family away from my immediate family back home in Oklahoma. That's awesome, man. I love that. And something that's always stood out to me about you is, is you know your identity, you understand who you are, and you're very confident. And you have a way of influence as well as just making people feel a certain way about them that they never had before, I feel like. And I think it hit me while you're talking there. It's due to the fact you relate people with people super well. You're confident who you are and you ask good questions. And I'm sure that obviously after asking you the question about your childhood and, and moving around a lot and having to make new friends, that's obviously something you've had to do for, for a long time, it sounds like, especially moving to D.C., taking a leap of faith like you're talking about, um, but, you know, staying true to your identity, who you are and, and being a person of influence. For sure. And, you know, Lansing, it's it's crazy. I feel like, you know, this aspect of mine where I kind of put myself out there and, you know, I'm able to make friends quickly because of my upbringing is actually kind of the way how we became friends. You know, I don't know if your viewers know, but we met at an internship for a company that neither of us work for, <laughs> which is which is funny when you think about it. But, you know, me and Lanson, we, we really hit it off. And that internship in itself was the funnest three months of college by far. We had such a great time. Everybody was both smart and caring and really cared about one another. And then, you know, Lanson, we met, what, almost like three, four years ago. And I feel like we're, I still- We're coming up on three. I mean, it was summer 2019. And I remember going into that summer a little, a little nervous, a little anxious. It was a leap of faith for me, but that was the funnest summer I think I've ever had. And I was just overwhelmed with, with how much fun we had and just how many connections that, that both of us made. Um, was oh, so, so many and not just in a professional setting, but I feel like to this day, I mean, me and Lanson, we're on a group chat with, you know, some of our closest friends who are in our cohort for the company we work with. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be happy if they're your listeners, but our group chat's called Noches de Aventura because um, when we would go out to lunch as a group, I would play Spanish music because I'm Colombian. I know Wagdalt's a German last name. We'll get into that later, but I'm Colombian and I love Spanish music. So I played that and then all these Texans in my car and Nina, um, because she's not from Texas. She's the only person who didn't go to school in Texas, but she was like, they were like, oh, this song's so catchy. So the song was called Noches de Aventura. And to this day, Noches de Aventura is still a group chat that we have, you know? It is. It's still popping. I love that song. I'll, I'll go back and listen to it every once in a while. But for the listeners, Ozuna is a great artist. Noches de Aventura is a great song. It's, and it's, just a, it's just a fun song. It's a happy song. It can always put you in a good mood, good spirit. And I, I do remember going to the Shake Shack. It seemed like almost every single day. I know. We would go to Shake Shack so often. Uh, yeah. So often. And then I worked at Shake Shack after. And now I don't really eat it anymore. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Uh, sure. No, I'm surprised our arteries didn't, you know, get too clogged that summer. Exactly. But, you know, we, we, we made it through. We made it through. Absolutely. Going back to, to the story of your childhood and upbringing too, what was your, I'm just curious, what was your favorite spot you lived in and, and why, is, why is that the reason? No, this is a question I get a lot. And I feel like every place that I lived in had a special place in my heart for different reasons. So I guess I'll just go off by listing the different places I lived in. So I was born in 
Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I moved to Maryland where my dad was in language school. And then from there, we started living overseas. So we lived in Suriname, which is a Dutch colony above Brazil. Then we lived in Paraguay. I lived in Uruguay. I lived in Ecuador. I lived in Chile. Then Miami, Florida, which was our last post. Then Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where my parents live now, where they have a home. Then I went back to school in Miami, Florida, and now I live in Washington, DC. Um, but I would say of those places, a spot that has a special place in my heart would have to be Chile. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to California. Have you, Lanson? Oh, many times. I, I do love California. I know. I mean, I, I feel like we both look like, you know, Cali boys. We're both studs. Um, definitely, you know, we, we, we'd, have, we'd have a good time if we went there. We'd have a good time. But one thing I love about California, and I think is something that a lot of people talk about is the nature aspect in addition to the metropolitan city. You know, you have mountains in the background and you can be standing on the beach and it is, you know, hot, you're sweating, but you look up and you see snow-capped mountains. Chile is actually on the same coast in South America as California. And it's very much a similar way where it both has forests and deserts and mountains and the beach. And I just feel like it's a country that has a lot to offer nature-wise on top of culturally. And also when we lived there, I was a little bit older, so, I wasn't, I was in middle school. So that's when, you know, parties started happening. So I was able to go out a little bit more and I had a little bit more freedom as opposed to when I was in elementary school and, you know, just kind of going to birthday parties, going to friends' houses. Probably looked a little different than Tulsa, Oklahoma as well, I'm sure. Oh, so, so different. Tulsa's very flat. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's crazy. When I told people I was moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma, they were like, wow, like where is Oklahoma on the map? I was like, dang, like I know it's, it's one of those states you, almost forget exists, but you know, even Tulsa, well, it isn't my, you know, top choice to live in. Uh, we'll always have a special place in my heart and be home just because my parents live there. Um, I hear you for sure. What, um, switching gears to what, what was a time maybe in your you know childhood growing up or maybe, and we can get into it college or after college of just a time or a season that really scared you maybe or, or time that you, I know you talked about a leap of faith of moving to DC but time where maybe you had to showcase that faith or you had to just kind of just surrender um and, and looking back was a time of really maybe growth but a time that was really kind of scary or tough in the moment for sure um so I think one thing people are very open about is they talk about when you start off your career the struggle of not making that much money you know, like we're in entry level jobs, you're not going to make, you're not going to have a six figure salary as soon as you graduate college. But one thing that people don't really talk about is the struggle of just getting that entry level job, even with a degree. And I feel like for me, that season of growing and struggle, or the biggest season in my life, or the biggest challenge so far has really been graduating college and looking for that entry level job. You know, for me, um, and, you know, full disclosure, I graduated college in the middle of the pandemic, kind of like you, Lanson. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a job lined up at the time, which I started. Um, and as I started that job, I quickly realized, yo, this is not, this is not my cup of tea. This isn't for me. I feel like this job is causing me too much stress and it's not really what I'm passionate about. Um, and I decided that it wasn't for me and I decided to, to ultimately leave that company. Um, I had no plan in sight. Um, thankfully, I you know have a supportive family, so I wasn't homeless or anything like that, or you know was unaware of where my next meal was going to come because I you know kind of left that job on a whim. But I was very lost. I went through this season of 
anxiety and depression where I kind of felt like a failure because I had a college degree, but I didn't have a job. And what made it even more challenging is it's already hard to find a job uh, when you're a recent college graduate. But what makes it even more hard is when you're graduating in the middle of the pandemic and even people with experience are having trouble keeping jobs or you know, finding a job. So for about six months, I applied to whatever I could, anything that interests me, um, whether it be business jobs, whether it be different fields, I considered joining the military like my father, did everything I could and I just wasn't having any luck. And I don't think it came down to employers questioning my ability uh, when it came to you know, uh, entry level role. I just think maybe they had a better candidate or you know, they didn't have enough opportunity to present to me specifically. So for six months, I was just kind of, you know, down in the dirt, super depressed, um, trying to figure out what my next move was. And then around December, um, at this point, I was living in Tulsa with my parents, and I'm not the biggest fan of Tulsa. So I wanted to go someplace new and try something new. So my older sister, she's stationed at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas, told me, David, why don't you come to San Antonio and just live with me? Like, you won't have to pay rent, you won't have to pay bills. I really want company. You know, I live here all alone. Come here, live with me just for a little bit. And then, you know, when you find a job, you find a job. So I decided to move all the way to San Antonio, didn't have a job in sight, um, live with my sister. And at this point, I was like, you know what? I just need something. I just need something to get me out of bed. You know, it doesn't have to be my career quite yet. You know, let me apply to just whatever I can. So I started applying to retail jobs. I was being less picky. I'm like, let me just do something to make some type of money. So I applied to different supermarkets because I knew they were hiring. They saw I had a college degree. They didn't want to give me an offer. And then um, you touched on it, Lanson, but a place I really love to eat both when we were at our internship and throughout college was Shake Shack. I would, you know, do a test or, you know, complete an exam. And if I thought I passed, I'd drive to Shake Shack and eat a celebratory victory meal. Um, I'd take an exam and if I thought I failed, I'd go eat my feelings at Shake Shack. Um, but I thought, you know what, David, why don't you just, you know, there, why don't you try like different places besides just supermarkets? So I saw that they were hiring. I went and the manager took a leap of faith on me and then I, I got hired. So then for four months, I worked at Shake Shack. I literally had a college degree and was flipping burgers. And I will say working at, in that environment, I came to realize that some of the hardest working people don't have college degrees. I had you know coworkers who maybe on paper didn't look quite the same as I did, but would work 12 hour days just to make, you know, a little bit above minimum wage to provide for their families. Um, and here I am complaining, you know, that I live with my sister at the time, didn't have to pay bills, you know, making whatever money. But at the end of the day, that money was just play money to go out to eat or whatever it was, because I didn't have any real bills at the time. And I was just down in the dumps. Um, and then thankfully, four months in, I saw an ad online for the company that I work for now. Um, and they said they were hiring in many different cities all over the country, you know, cities in Texas, cities in Florida, cities in, um, you know, all different parts of the country. And I thought to myself, you know what, David, like, let's, let, let, let's apply this company. Let's see what happens. So the company I work for actually sells plumbing equipment. I know, like, you're probably like, David, what, you went to college and you're, you sell plumbing equipment? Um, yeah, I know, I, I sell plumbing equipment for a living, but, you know, that industry is always going to be needed, you know, you're always going to need to use the restroom, and if you need to use the restroom, I'm, I'm the man you call, you know, whether you need something fixed or replaced, so 
I did went through the interview process with them and it's only that openings all over, you know, when I got to the final uh, rounds. And from there, I don't know, I felt like God was calling me to be someplace new. And for some reason I felt attracted to, to DC. I'm like, you know what? Like DC sounds like a cool spot. Like, let me see if they have any opportunities there. So I um, asked the recruiter, she told me if they had an opportunity here in Maryland technically, but you know, a suburb of DC. And I applied and then God was fortunate enough to grant me an offer letter. And I decided, you know what, like, let's go, let's pack our bags and move all the way to DC. And I took that leap of faith. And although I was scared because I was definitely lost before I got this job. And even at the beginning of working for this company, I kind of questioned like, oh, is this the right fit for me? What am I gonna do? Like, is this really my career? I can definitely say that God was looking out for me all along and he had a plan for me. And everything in life happens for a reason. And I had to go through that season of growing to get to where I'm at today. Yeah, man, that's, that's a journey. That's a journey since, I mean, two years ago, March 2020 or April, 2020, I guess with graduating at Camp Leaf, number one, it's been two years. And I mean, COVID, the pandemic, that was something no one could really plan for. Um, and what, what a journey of many ups and downs and many seasons of, of trusting and, and acting faith and, uh, being, being scared and being nervous. I, I've learned the older I've gotten, it sounds like you've felt the same way. It's, it's okay. I think when, when you're uncomfortable, that's when it really leads to growth. And I can just see since I've met you and known you, what, three years ago, that I've seen growth in you. Um, and I've seen you just be stronger and just be, be a stud, you know, and, and, and be different than, than you were in 2019. Not that you weren't a stud already before, but just to to see you leaning into that faith and leaning into that growth is, is huge. And uh, if you can just learn kind of that everything does work together for good, as long as you just work hard, put your head down, um, you know, it, it, everything's going to work out and fine in the end. And you'll have some teachable lessons across the way. Um, I love what you said too about Shake Shack and kind of humbled yourself a little bit, seeing how hard people work um, and just seeing a different viewpoint of them not having a college degree. I'm sure that would humble myself as it, as it humbled you as well. But I love all that. That's, that's an awesome story and an awesome journey. Yeah, for sure. You know, Lance, and you keep, you keep calling me a stud. Take me out to dinner first, man. You know, no, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. Um, <laughs> no, but me and Lance, and, you know, we're, we're on that group chat. And I feel like even on that group chat, we were all very open. Like the feeling of feeling lost after college, trying to figure out what you're calling is something. It's tough. Yeah, it's still it's, is tough. It, it's tough, but it's, it's, it's really common. And I want your viewers to know, like, you're not alone when you feel lost, especially after college, you know, you're taking this leap of faith. And at the end of the day, you really have to try something before you decide you're not going to like it. So just trust your gut, trust God. He's got a plan for you. Exactly, man. If you would have told me I would have been living with my parents right after graduation four years ago, I said now that doesn't make any sense. I must have must have flunked out or failed out of college. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, if it told me I would be in Washington D.C., I'd be like, "What?" Yeah. I would have never thought, it, never thought I'd be here. It, yeah, and this is something that's important because this is something I learned too. Is is right in the beginning, and it sounds like you took it the same way. Is like I took a step back and just saying, like, "Okay, I'm going to use this as a blessing. What can I learn from this? How can I how can I grow?" And and looking back two or three years later, of like, you know what, what happened? What, what, what went well? What could I have done differently? What, uh, what can I learn from, from a pandemic? Let, let's use this as a blessing. Let's use this for good. Um, and I, I think both of us are in a pretty good position, a good spot now, especially, especially you. So uh, yeah, no, I, mean, I, I love DC, man. I got to come up and visit you again. 
No, we, we, we had, we had a great time. Uh, full disclosure to your, your fans, Landon, Landon comes to DC, he gets in my car. I'm like, dude, what's up? It's so great to see you. And then he goes, you know, David, I'm thinking about, about starting a podcast and you know, that Lance is my boy. I'm trying to hype him up. I'm like, yeah, dude, come on, start, start a podcast. Like I'll totally listen. He goes, Oh, like, I love if, if you could be a guest. And I was like, Lanson, like I, I felt so honored. I'm like, yes, I'd love to be on the premiere episode of, you know, what's your story? He goes, oh yeah, but I've got like five guests lined up before you. And I was like, oh, oh okay, cool, 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 cool. You're, you're in the first season. How about that? I'm in, I'm in the first season. I, I, I'm yeah. so honored. Um, you know, every, I, I am a loyal listener and every interview that I've heard uh, really, it's just touched me in a different way. Um, you know, Lanzan, I feel like you're, I've already known you're a good judge of character, but just the people that you've interviewed, I can tell are just great, great people. Um, and I, it just confirms my my thought that you are a good judge of character because all these people are close friends of yours. I, I appreciate it. You'll need to say that. I also, I'll pay you later to say and pump up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I promise uh, there's no one sponsoring me. There's no one sponsoring no me, one's, guys. No sponsor. You know, we are, we are hiring over here. If you want to be my official uh, mascot or something, how about that? <laughs> I would, I, I would love that. Just yeah. tell me, tell me what animal I need to dress up as. Exactly. Um, exactly. Well, cool. Uh, dude, get back on track. I mean, we haven't really touched on it. College though, you want to give the listeners where you went to college, how you found it. What was your maybe favorite thing about college? Um, looking back on it as well. For sure. So um, I remember having this conversation with Lanson throughout our internship. You know, we meet new people and everyone talks about, oh, I go to this school, I go to that school, um, you know, wherever they go. My journey to college was a little bit different. So I want to go back all the way to high school. So when I was a senior in high school, I was very involved in different things. I was in choir, I was in theater, I was working. Um, and I just felt like my senior year, while everyone talks about it being the best year of high school for me, it was so stressful. I felt like I was constantly busy, whether studying for ACT, taking AP classes, you know, different after school activities, trying to work that I really didn't know where I wanted to go to school. Um, so I knew I wanted to get out of Oklahoma. And at the time I thought my dream was to go to New York city. So I applied to Fordham university, which is a school in the Bronx. And I was convinced I was going to go there. I applied there um, and I applied as a safety school to the University of Oklahoma. Um, when the schools got back to me, I ultimately was rejected from Fordham University and I got into the University of Oklahoma. And I kind of thought to myself, you know what, David, like if you're honest with yourself, you know, do you really wanna get in debt to go to the University of Oklahoma? Or do you still feel like you need time of self-reflection to kind of think about where your dream school is? So I ultimately decided to go to community college. Um, and you know, Lansing, you went to a great, you know, university has a name. Baylor's a great school. My brother's actually graduating from law school there this weekend. So, you know, he's also a, a bear sickum. Tell him congrats. That's I awesome. will, I will, I will. I'll tell him, uh, you know, my friend Lansing went there, you know, he's, you know, the other stud I know that graduated from Baylor. Uh, but yeah, I um, didn't get into Fordham and I decided to go to community college and thankfully, um, where I'm from in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the property taxes have some special grant where regardless of how much your parents make, you can go to community college two years for free, as long as you do community service, you have good grades and you go right after high school. So I decided, you know what, let's go to community college just for a semester or a year while I figure out my next step. So I went, um, you know, granted it wasn't the typical college experience. I kind of went to class and then went home. I didn't 
wasn't too involved in my community college, although it did offer different activities that I could have been involved with. But during this time, it kind of gave me time to think about where do I see myself? What schools am I open to? And I also was able to realize what I wanted to study. Um, like you, Lanson, I, you know, very much a social butterfly, you know, love building connections with people. And I knew I wanted to do something in business. So that was, you know, the first answer that I got. But when I thought about where I wanted to go to school before moving to Oklahoma, I'd lived in Miami, Florida. And I did my freshman year of high school there. And I remember that's the first time that I really started hearing about universities that people were applying to. And a state school that a lot of my classmates at the, or not classmates, but a lot of upperclassmen from my high school were applying to was FIU. And this name just kind of stuck with me, FIU, 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 that I was like, you know what, let me look into it. Um, I looked into the program. I realized I had a great business school. Um, it was in Miami, Florida, which I had a special place in my heart already. And I knew I wanted to go there. Um, so I applied as a transfer student and I was able to get in. The Lord, you know, blessed me with the scholarship to go there. And in addition to that, um, my father being active duty military and having retired had a GI Bill. Um, and this GI Bill covers four years of tuition, um, but he split it between me and my younger sister. So I had two years and my younger sister has two years. So I decided the smartest thing to do was to do two years at community college, get my associates, and then from there transferred to FIU. So I did two years, transferred to FIU, did two years, had my dad's GI Bill pay for it and got a scholarship. So it was almost like I was getting paid to go to school, which was nice. Um, and that's really how I found myself at FIU. You know, it's another story of triumph and kind of feeling lost. But at the end of the day, God had a plan for me and he showed me that he had that plan at the end of it. Yep. You've had a, had a couple of those moments, it sounds like in your life. I know. I feel like it always happens in times of transition. I feel like that's where my personal anxiety stems from whenever I'm about to take a big leap of faith. And at that point it was, you know, where am I going to college? And then it was, am I moving across the country to go to college? And then it was, am I moving across the country for a job that I don't know that's going to work out? Yeah. That's where my anxiety stems from. And God has really, really, really um, proven that he is all knowing and that he, he knows what's best for me. And I've, I've, I've trusted him in that way. And it's really yeah. worked for me. Come on. That's awesome. Yeah. It's natural in those times though. I think just uncertainty. I'm the same way with transitions, job transition, life transition, whatever to, to be a little nervous. And I, I think that's okay. Cause I think there's a level of excitement too with it. If you tend to focus on that and focus on the growth and uh, where you're, where you're headed is, is where, uh, where at least I stay content and, and stay joyful, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like I've touched on before, like, I really think God brings people into your life for a reason. And everything that's happening right now, um, my friend likes to remind me is going to be part of a bigger story that we're going to tell our kids one day, you know, like, yeah. oh, God willing, you want to have kids. I know I, that's a really big dream of mine. I really want to. Be I want to have many kids. Right. That's for sure. Me too. Uh, yeah. And I, I want to be able to tell them like, Hey, you know, uh, this had to happen for this to happen for this to happen, you know? And, and just taking a step back and saying, it's okay, breathe. We're all right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all right. We're all, we're right. all right. Exactly. One of my, uh, one of my last questions for you wrapping up, uh, and this has been just a terrific podcast, terrific episode. I've really enjoyed having you on David. It's been, been really good and fruitful conversation. I, I'm curious and would love to know what you are passionate about and where does that passion stem from? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this in two parts. So one thing that I feel like is a typical sales answer, which um, I know you've said before, I know a lot of your 
other people you've interviewed have said before, I think I'm passionate about helping people. I'm passionate about working people, working with people and helping them in whatever way I can. Um, so I think that's why I decided to go into sales because I thought it was a way in which I could build relationships and help people solve their problems. Um, another thing that I'm really passionate about is just entertaining people. I feel like I'm very much like the life of the party whenever I go. Um, and I'm passionate about just making people feel comfortable and making people feel good. Um, I think it's important because I grew up, you know, living overseas and constantly having to adapt that I at least be that person that would make me feel comfortable if I felt, you know, I was in a tough situation or a new environment in which I wasn't accustomed to. So I would say entertaining and making people feel comfortable and, you know, building relationships and helping people any way I can. Those are the things that I'm most passionate about. That's awesome. I know we have that dream one day and kind of a last question, because I, I know something that you want to do someday, maybe be an actor, maybe be a music star, just entertaining <laughs> in general, right? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of many skills. You know, I love, I love <laughs> book. I have a, I have a cooking show on my Instagram for, for giggles. And a lot of people think it's funny. Um, I would love to, you know, go into acting. I did a little bit of voice acting in high school and I was really involved in theater. And it's actually something me and Lanson bonded over. We, Lanson also said growing up, he wanted to be an actor. I was like, you know, let's, let's star in, in a film together. You know, we're both unknown now, but 10 years down the line, we're gonna be, you know, studs that take on Hollywood and not just Wall Street, you know? Exactly. Um, I, I, yeah, in middle school, kind of more into the start of high school. I mean, I was, trying out for every play I was in theater and I was like someday I'm gonna I'm gonna make it in Hollywood and then I just kind of forgot about that dream whenever I went to college and just started studying business but I need to get back on that train you know no for sure I feel like we all we all forget about those dreams when we go to college we're like I need to pick something safe and a lot of us resort to business or medicine or law which are all great fields not judging anyone if that's what you're calling um it, I think for sure it's one yeah. of our callings for sure um but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, those are those are things that I'm passionate about. And who knows, maybe we'll be uh, maybe we'll be stars and have our stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame one day. Maybe so, maybe so, and we can come back and listen to this podcast and get a good laugh and and look back and reflect on it, right? For sure, you know, when your podcast wins an award for like best podcast ever, I can say, yeah, like I was a nobody before I was on Lanson's podcast. Exactly, exactly. It's funny, I. I joke with Lanson. I always, I said um, at the Gartner internship, I was like, Lanson, you know who you remind me of? And he goes, who? I was like, M Macaulay Culkin. Uh, you know, <laughs> Lanson. He, yeah, he, he, I, I don't know. He just has blonde hair and blue eyes. So maybe I'm just, you know, stereotyping and saying he looks like Macaulay Culkin, but he told me I look like Antonio Banderas. So, you know, maybe, maybe we're the next Macaulay Culkin and Antonio Banderas. Maybe so. Who knows? Who knows? Although Macaulay Culkin really was just a child actor. He, he didn't really do much in terms of, you know, me being 23 now, I don't even know if he was in any gigs or any roles when he was an adult. For sure. But he, he did date Mila Kunis and he did, is married to Brenda Song, both beautiful women. So there you go. You know. That's a plus. Yeah. All yeah. I know is Antonio Banderas, he really took off when he was in his 30s and 40s. So yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> good yeah. for you. Yeah. They're, they're, it, it's never too late, Lanson. It's never too late. Exactly. Well, David, it's it's been an honor and pleasure um, having you on. Like I said, wrapping up, do you you have any questions for me? Um, and you know, follow up to that. I do have two additional questions for you, but want to give you time and space to to ask anything or or say anything. You know, Lanzin, I know you follow me on Instagram, but almost every day I do this activity to interact with my followers, and it's called a daily research question. 
Um, yes, I know what you're talking about. On your stories? Exactly. I yeah, I've seen those. answer them. I love the feedback. I love to engage with my friends from different parts of the country, different parts of the world and see how they think. Um, one question that I wanted to ask you, which I feel like is a good question, is what is the best compliment you have ever received? And who was it from? And why did it, why was it so impactful to you? Wow, you're getting me to think here. Put, put me on the spot. I would say, I would say one of the biggest compliments I ever got, I can, I can think of a couple. Um, one, one that really stood out to me was a compliment I received probably about two years ago, right during the pandemic. You know, we, we did discuss how two years ago around this time, there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of just not, not suffering. I hate to use that term, but just a lot of just, I don't know. I think for me, just darkness. I was, I was down a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, at this point did not know if I was going to walk at graduation. It wasn't looking that way. You know, I knew the degree was coming, but you know, I didn't get to see all my friends and, and, uh, you know, go out and celebrate nothing like that. And I remember getting an email um, and my dad actually printed it out for me. He had reached out to my sales director who I had for three years in college. Um, as some of you may know, I was part of the sales program at Baylor and I was with a program. We were top in the country and it was a very, very intense program that I was in. Um, a lot of times I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I didn't feel like I was doing a good job. Um, and, you know, I, I was learning a lot and I got a job from it. I'm so, so grateful uh, for that program and just shouting it out. If anyone's listening, Rush Baylor Pro Sales, join that if you're at Baylor, um, if you're, you're still figuring things out. It was a great and tremendous program, but it was tough at the same time. And I had a director that was very tough on me and I never really got, I'm, I'm someone that does like a lot of affirmation. I never got a lot of affirmation from her and I remember my dad emailing her. He didn't tell me this around probably around late March, early April, just thanking her for everything that she did in my life and thanking her for being a leader and a pioneer for me at Baylor in my time and for teaching me and for building me and helping me grow and strengthening the man that I was going to be at graduation. And she wrote back one of the most sweetest and thoughtful complimentary emails I've ever written and I remember reading it and almost literally I was in I was in tears just thinking of this is someone who knows me so well and, and studied me a lot and knows me even more than probably myself and was one of the most encouraging and inspirational emails and messages that I've ever received um, and it was just in total shock that it came out of left field and the timing was great for for how hard of its time and season that was and it was kind of that pick me up that I needed and just the encouragement like okay, I was doing everything okay. And I uh, maybe was overthinking some things at time and, and just looking back, it was just so encouraging. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you, you, you need that. Um, you, you, you need that person to say, yo, it's, you're, you're doing great. And it's it was so unexpected. So yeah, unexpected. You know, we were all lost at that time or a lot of us that were graduating college, but it's, you know, it's almost as if God was speaking through her to give you that confidence that you needed. Um, Absolutely. To, to Absolutely. Have the confidence to go into the work the workforce. I think uh, for me, I, I mean, not that you asked what my favorite. I was actually was. about to ask you. <laughs> uh, you really read my mind. Yeah. So um, for me, I'm going to answer this in two parts. Also, I'm going to do one that's like a less serious answer and then one that's a serious answer. So when I was in college, I had a professor who I walk into class one day and she told me, David, you know who you remind me of? And I was like, who? And she goes, you remind me of Uncle Jesse from Full House. 
I don't know if you've seen Full House, but Uncle Jesse, total stud. If I'm able to age like John Stamos, like that's like the best, the best compliment I've ever received. I was like, whoa, you know, like I, I've made it in life. Um, but another compliment that I love to receive, which I've received multiple times, even from you, Lanston, is I like when people tell me, David, I, you, you have a magnetic personality. You, you're someone that I feel comfortable with. That's something that I really strive for. And that's a compliment that I love receiving. Um, so that's a more serious answer. You do, man. You have just that, I don't know what it is about you, but you walk into a room and I think from hearing your story, it definitely plays in the part of having to move and make friends growing up. I know we touched on that, but I always felt super comfortable with you and really any, any friend that I have that doesn't know you or any family member, I would fully like love to introduce you to them just because I know like they'll be comfortable and you guys will spark and you'll have some kind of connection somewhere. <laughs> oh, <for> sure, <laughs> and I mean, you know, you're a very close friend of mine. You know, I care for you deeply. My house is Thank always you. your house if you ever want to visit. And like I said, you're a good judge of character. I'd love to meet all these people that are on this season of what's your story. Cause you know, I feel like we're all pretty fun people to be around. Um, but yeah, you know, and also, you know, not that it needs to be said, but if I was ever going to have a partner in pool, you're, you know, a pool. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. You're a beast. I, when it comes to sports, I'm not the best. Um, I just work out, but yeah, you're a beast at pool. Hey, I do what I can. I do. I do love a good game of pool. Um, shout out. I don't know if Nick Kirsch listens, but Nick was the killer that whole, whole Nick summer. Kirsch. Yes, 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 yes. I remember he, him. Wow. He, he couldn't lose. He could, he was my guy that I was just like, I'm going to beat him by the end of the summer. And I never could. So <laughs> dang, 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 dang. But um, man, I, I appreciate you saying that. And that, that does mean a lot to me. Um, and I just, I'm encouraged after hearing your story and, and listening to your story in this podcast and, as we're wrapping up, we maybe didn't figure out the correlation to your last name Schmidt, but that's okay. You know, time will tell and maybe, maybe a follow-up podcast or, or something. Maybe a follow-up podcast. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive. We might be long lost second cousins or something. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? yeah I'll yeah. figure it out. I'll go on ancestry.com or make a couple phone calls to <laughs> great uncles or grandparents or figure it out. If you want to do the same on your end. For sure. For sure. I will. I'll, I'll have my people call your people. Yeah. Well, David, wrapping up, two questions I love to end every podcast with. Hit, hit them with you back to back. Number one, what is one thing you are most grateful for? And number two, what is your all-time favorite movie? The thing I'm most grateful for is my support system. That is my immediate family, my extended family, and my friends. Um, I feel like they really are always there for me when I need them to be. I can count on them. And I'm just super grateful for all the people that God puts in my life because, you know, I can really lean on them if need be. Um, as for my favorite movie, um, it's going to sound a little cheesy, but this is a movie I think I watched so many times. Uh, I think I even broke the VHS. I don't know if your viewers know what a VHS is, but some do. Some yeah. Do. Uh, for those of you guys who were born before, you know, like, 2000 we had this like cassette that you would put in it was almost like netflix but you had to put it into a machine it's vhs anyway yeah so uh vhs um would be the lion king i love that movie to this day it's such a great story the songs are great and i will i'll happily sing at the top of my lungs well thank you david so much for coming on it's been a pleasure this has been exciting can't thank you enough it's been such an honor just just hearing more of your story getting to know you even on a deeper level hope this encourages the audience listening and I'm excited for this one to drop. And, and lastly, I got to give you a shout out. What, what is your Instagram handle, Twitter, Facebook, blow up your socials. 
for sure for sure um so my instagram is at david underscore wagdoll let me spell that out for your viewers because um it's a it's a german last name they probably think it's like weirdly spelled that's w as in wagon a as in apple g as in green d as in david a as in apple l as in lion t as in tiger david underscore wagdoll <laughs> thank you for clearing that up there we go <laughs> Y'all heard it, folks. Go go blast. Give him the follow. Um, you have any other social media, Snapchat, Twitter, LinkedIn? <laughs> LinkedIn. Add me on LinkedIn. Let's let's let's, you know, let, let, let's connect on there. David Wagdahl. Same spelling. <laughs> David Wagdahl. Wagdahl on LinkedIn as well. Awesome, David. Well, it has been such an honor having you on. Um, I'm very grateful for this episode. Grateful to hear your story. And it's been a blessing. And you take care. We'll have you on again sometime soon. For sure. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. That was David Wagdalt, and that was his story. I love this story. I love this episode. There's a lot of good nuggets, a lot of good takeaways. I don't know if I could travel the way he did growing up, bouncing around from city to city, country to country, just having to constantly make new friends, constantly put yourself out there, and the fear of saying, hey, I might not have a lifelong friend here. I might be jumping a year from now, a month from now. Who knows the uncertainty with all that? But look at where he is now. Look at the journey that happened and the lessons he's learned. He now has a great job, great city in DC, and had to learn and go through a lot of just lessons on how to make friends, how to constantly put himself out there. And he's in a good position. He's in a good spot now. And I think his response to the pandemic was awesome, how he worked at Shake Shack and what that taught him, the humility aspect of it as well. And just the aspect too of college, jumping from college to college, ending up at FIU, getting a degree there. There's just so many good takeaways. What an awesome story, what an awesome journey. I know he's just getting started. He's young and he's got a great path ahead. But thank you so much again for listening today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you do, tune in next Thursday. We have another amazing, amazing episode. I don't wanna spoil a single thing, but you're not gonna to wanna to miss this episode. It's truly amazing and incredible, and I'm so excited for it to drop. But once again, go leave us a review on Apple Music, Spotify. We appreciate that. Go like, comment, subscribe on the Instagram page at What's Your Story 2022. But we'll be back next week. Episode 7 coming your way next Thursday, dropping. Look for it. But just remember, you matter. Your story matters. So go share it with someone this week. And until next time, this has been What's Your Story.